1: where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello again, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fun Podcast. Today, our guest is the lovely Brenda McSween. Thank you for joining us, Brenda. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So how are you enjoying your summer so far, dear? You know what? So far, so good. It's been nice to.
0: We went on vacation for a couple of weeks and now we're home and back on track. Yeah. So, why don't you tell our guests a little bit about what your business is and what you do? So, Parenting Foundations um, is my business that I started about three years ago. And I started it because I really wanted to bring the fun back to parenting my my motto is that um providing parents with the tools that they need to have a happy and well-rested children so the goal of parenting foundations is to increase your parenting toolbox
1: and to really meet you where you're at and help you from there and that's really really important i'm i'm lucky as my daughter is is older now and and pretty self-sufficient but i know that there was definitely some some challenging times when she was younger and and not sleeping, and mom and dad were both exhausted, and you're like, okay, what in the world do you do?
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and that is why I really went into the sleep part, because I have 20 years of experience in working with kids and families before I became a mom. And then I was up every 45 minutes to hour and a half, and I'm like, this is not okay. So, you know, really figuring out ways that I can help others was
1: awesome. Yeah, I'm so glad that there's people like you. And what is your family situation, Brenda? So I I, I have a lovely situation, actually.
0: Um, I have a little guy. He, his name, like, he's four years old, and his name is Simon. He will be five, actually, in September. And we were blessed with him a year after I got married. And when I got married in 2010, I was really lucky to be able to be included in a family of, like, there's my husband, and he has two wonderful boys. And his wonderful boys um, have become mine, and they are now 16 and 21.
1: Oh, really cool. So you got to kind of walk into a a ready-made family with with the teenagers and stuff, and then have your own little one. Yes, we we used to
0: joke about the fact that we had one in diapers, um, one that was becoming a teenager, and one that was graduating high school. We used to joke about that quite a bit.
1: Yeah, you totally covered the range of parenting all at once.
0: All at once. So when people ask me, like, can I deal with teenagers,
1: I'm like, oh, can I deal with teenagers? Yeah, not a problem, not a problem. The only thing that you're missing out on is the hormone swings of teenage girls. Yes, because I do have
0: the the three boys. So, yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's something I'm I'm glad I don't
0: have to deal with at my house. It's it's, it's all good. You deal with whatever came your way, dear. (laughs) You do, you do. And I actually had the... The pleasure of working with many young women um, when I was uh, working out in the field and I I feel for you, my dear.
1: Well, I'm I'm actually really lucky. I know that my, my daughter is awesome and I love her to pieces and she's really great, but yeah, just totally sometimes seeing those hormone things and it's like, oh man, how do you deal with that? <laughs> Come here, mom will give you a cuddle while you cry and you don't know why. Yeah. So, Well, going back and thinking about like when you were when you were a kid, when did you first realize that money was an issue? Money was a thing that you needed to be paying attention to.
0: I would have to say it was in almost I was almost in my teenage years Um, because money wasn't talked about a lot when I was growing up. Like my parents didn't talk a lot about money, and it was one of those things that like I knew that you needed money to do things, but um, we didn't really have a lot of talking going on about, about money. And unfortunately, at, when, when I was going to school, there wasn't a lot of talk about it then either.
1: So what was, what was the first time that, like you said, that you actually like, was there a particular moment or incidents where mm-hmm. it really started to stick with you and, and make you start paying attention? I would say that I,
0: I was like pretty close to about 11 years old. And I just remember um, my parents, trying to help fund all the things that I wanted to do like I really wanted to be in dance I wanted to be in skating I wanted to be in so many different activities and my parents just looked at me and said you have to pick two because we can't we don't have the money for all that and then it started to really click that you know well how, how can I
1: help them get more money so I can do more things well that's definitely a, a cool cool memory thinking yeah. about about stuff like that So when you became an adult and were moving out on your own and different things like that, what were some of the things that you had wished you had known about money before you had left home that would have made your life better and easier? Well, it would have made my life a lot better if I hadn't known from a young age the importance
0: of investing, the importance of um, really trying to make my money grow. Instead of thinking that money grew on trees, it would have been nice to know how money really did grow.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a big one because... Your your situation growing up was is, is, was very common, and I have to say, still is very common. Like money is a more taboo subject than sex. Uh,
0: yeah, you know what? I would agree with you.
1: I I do think that
0: you are correct on that because nowadays people are more open to talking about um, sex
1: and reproduction and all that stuff, but you don't talk about money. No, you don't. It's con it's considered impolite. And I'm mm-hmm. going. That makes no sense whatsoever. Like. It affects absolutely every part of life, and most kids are like, oh, well, I want to be buying this toy or whatever. Yet, like, with you, you want it to be in all these different activities, and it's not just the shortage of, of, of money, or even a shortage of money. One of the things that blows my mind when I when I see all these parents that have more than one kid, and they've got their kids in, like, even just two activities each, they never see one another, because all they're doing is chauffeuring from one activity to another. It's true. It's true. But... <laughs> Yeah, but talking about money, like we want our kids to grow up and and know about their health and be able to take care of themselves and, and make decisions and that, but we shelter them from the conversation of money, which affects absolutely every aspect of their lives.
0: That's true. We, we do. And
1: I, I think it's important
0: that, um, you're, you're having these podcasts and talking about it a lot more because it, it really needs to open people's eyes that we do need to be talking about money a lot more. And to be honest with you, um, it's actually opened my eyes a great deal just, um, having that, like the friendship I have with you. And, and so that has helped me start the conversation at an early age with, with, with our youngest. Well, that's, that's
1: good. Thank you. You're making me all blush here. <laughs> good. But yeah, that's what, that's why we do, we do this stuff because like I love talking about money. It's just like talking about anything else and I'm going, well, that's the way that we, we learn. And it's not so much that there's any harder, fast, fast rule. Like I was out visiting with clients last night and they, um, they've moved from Ontario. And they weren't able to sell their house when they moved, so they rented it out and stuff. But now it's not being rented, and, and they're they're trying to decide, well, do we, do we try and find new renters? Or are we going to try and sell it or what? And then they're asking, well, should we be buying a property here? What do you think? And I'm going, well, the first question I have for you is, are you really excited about real estate? And they say, well, what do you mean? I said, because you can make or lose money doing pretty much anything. And I've seen people be very successful with real estate. I've got a great client and, and beautiful, wonderful friend. They have 400 doors because they love real estate and they love doing all this stuff. And I've seen people that thought they could go into real estate because that's where all the money to made. That's where all your financial people say in the rich dad, poor dad. And that's how Donald Trump got rich. You need to do real estate. And they have lost everything because they didn't get into it because they loved it and wanted to learn about it and, and deal with it. They just going, okay, this is a way I can make money and I'll force myself to do it. It's, having the conversations so that the kids can learn and adults that you can be successful doing anything and you can be a failure doing anything it's how do you go about doing it and and learning about it and paying your dues and being excited it's true it's true like it, it, it it's
0: you have to be passionate about it. And the more passionate that you get about it and the more you teach kids, the more they're actually going to be, um, it's going to be forefront in their mind. And I think that that's, it's, it's essential. And I think um, you can start it at a very young age. Yeah,
1: totally start it at a young age. Like one of the things that I always started doing with Dayla is whenever we would go out shopping or anything or she wanted to buy a toy, she's had an allowance since she was very, very young. And then so I would help her go through it like when she was really young and she didn't know how to read price tags and stuff. And I go, OK, you want this thing? Well, OK, how much money is that? OK. And then we would have her count out. How much money do you have? Do you have enough to look after this? And then we also had to teach her about GST, the couch and screw tax. Yes. Yeah. And then so she go through, well, OK, I don't have enough money for that or I, so I'm going to have to save up for a little bit more for it or oh I can have this instead because I've got enough money for that and even like those little steps there it builds their confidence and it teaches them how to ask questions and, and, and evaluate one of the things I'm most proud about my daughter is she is really good with handling her money like she is not frivolous at all she figures out what she wants well in advance and and saves up for it and, and she is really really good and I'm like oh man if I was pretty good with money, but nowhere near the skill level that she has. <laughs>
0: good. Yeah, and like, like you say, like when you start young, like, you know, when we're out, um, like when, when Simon and I are out shopping or doing our thing, he's at that age where he wants everything for sure. Um, you know, like he would like to come home with 10 toys. Um, but talking to him about the fact that we, we need we need money to do it and being able to discuss with them a little bit more about what money is and how you can earn it. Um, is great and now he comes home and he asks to do things to help out so he can get more money because we talk about how chores help out and how you can do some chores around the house to make some more money so he'll come and he'll do that and he's not five yet so yeah. it, it's definitely a, a teaching tool and the other thing too is in the importance of teaching kids why we work why do why do why like why does mommy have to work why does daddy work and you know, talking about the fact that we need to make money so that we can pay for things—that wasn't a discussion that really happened a lot when I was younger. Like, yeah, you you clued into it, but it wasn't a discussion where you sat down and actually talked about it. And I think it's important that we that we do that for sure.
1: Yeah, and it makes it there. There's so many kids because, like I said, we don't our our generation for sure. Very, very few families ever discuss money. In fact, it was very actively not brought up where now we're having the discussions because like on 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 facebook and, and twitter and all the things you, you see the the list of like 25 things i wish i'd known before i graduated high school or 50 things and all this stuff i've seen a lot of those lists and the money ones come up they make up at least 25 percent of the list like there's things like oh i wish i'd learned to cook and stuff like that because eating out is expensive but I wish somebody had explained to me how credit card works or how to balance a checkbook and and those things. And these are the kids that are like, okay, I've just made it into college or I'm like 22. It's not like some cynical 40-year-old. These are ones going, man, I wish I had known these things. Because then when they get into trouble or they have questions and stuff, they feel ashamed and afraid and embarrassed to be asking because, well, that's an impolite subject. Yes. Yeah. And
0: especially, like you said, on the credit card thing, like you're not really taught. You don't talk a lot about um, the importance of, of paying that off and all that before it because it just starts to double up. And, yeah, um, you know, university and when I was first on my own after university and actually uh, moved out, you know, of course, you get a credit card and, you know, you're, you're making the minimal payments. But who who talked, who told me uh, the importance of actually making, putting more down on the principal? Mm-hmm. It was something I had to learn. And I had to learn it quickly on my own. Um, And thank goodness I did. But there's lots of people that don't and end up into a great deal of debt
1: due to it. Well, and even a lot of the time, even if it's not a great deal of debt, but just the damage that they can do to to their credit bureaus, and and why is it important to have an, a good credit rating and stuff? Because more and more employers are running credit checks on their potential employees. Some of them are looking for, oh, no, I want the employee with the best credit. Some of them are looking for the ones with the worst credit because they're going, they're trapped and they'll put up with a lot more stuff for me. There's university programs and stuff that you can't get into if you've got bad credit. And the risk of identity theft all over the place, like, I know of some parents that were were getting collection agency calls on, like, their four-year-old because somebody had stolen their kid's information and went and gotten a mortgage. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Like, the things that can be done, and it's just people are so unaware. And then we're sending our kids out into a world that's becoming more and more financially complicated. And we're sending them out, like, with barbecue sauce in a bear country. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like, and hopefully, um, the things like like your podcast
0: and your books and stuff will really help people understand the importance of this conversation. It needs to get started pretty soon. Um, I know, like, with with my like, four year old, he's learning. We're, we're teaching him, and we've learned from our other boys the important things that we have to teach. And one of the things that I learned uh, a few years back now was how that in schools and stuff, they're not doing as much. Like writing a check, I was flabbergasted. One of my very first tenants in uh, my place out in High River, um, he was uh, like, I won't even say what occupation he's in. But he was very educated and he was doing a very, like, he was awesome at helping people and doing things for others. And he ended up not being able to write a check correctly because he was never taught. I I, I can't, I, I just can't understand that. Like And so where, where things are at these days, like, you don't have to write checks as much. So people don't even think of those simple things, like writing a check, mm-hmm. learning how to do it properly. And, you know, making sure that you keep your credit card information uh, close to your heart and don't
1: don't pass out that information, like, those are things that are just not being taught. Well, yeah, and and thinking about that, like, when thinking about teenagers and stuff now, and, and they're not quite understanding the privacy aspect, because with social media, you're supposed to be open about everything, and there's so much stuff that is getting stolen, like, people are figuring out by going through people's facebook posts and be able to put together the information so that they can figure out well what are the secret questions so that i can get into your online banking and all of this stuff and and are our kids even going to know what checks are because they're pretty much obsolete like there's so many bank accounts that i've seen like my younger clients getting that are checking accounts but they don't have checks yeah Yeah, and that's true like like the game is constantly changing and if we're not having it like everybody thinks, okay, well I need to sit down and make it like a classroom situation to be teaching my kids. And I'm going, no, it's like literally making it a part of your everyday life and just paying attention to those opportunities. Like, when my daughter and I would pick up the mail and stuff, and we we get like the max bill or the Shaw bill and stuff like that, I would open it up and show her to it, and I would explain to her like we have mom and dad have to pay the max bill because this is what puts the power on, so we can turn on the lights and I can make you dinner and you have power for your computer and things like this. And then the the Shaw provides with the phone and the internet and explaining to her how some how the basics of this stuff works. Like this is what it takes to run the household. And like you were talking about earlier, this is why mom and dad have to work. Yeah.
0: And those so all those types of moments, what I refer to them as is like teachable moments. There's so many moments in a kid's life that are teachable. And in adults. Yeah, in adults for sure. But you can sit, you don't have to sit down, like you say, and have a structured conversation. It's just like those teachable moments. So when those things happen and you're able to actually engage your child in a and in a fun way those are things that they're going to learn so start this conversation about money at an early age then um you know you're going to be setting them up for success as an as an adult
1: so having the two older boys like you've got one that's a legal adult he could even go to like drinking and gambling down in the states and and another teenager a young one how are you how are you noticing the differences on on how they look at money and are your older boys um interacting with your with with simon at all with the money and stuff like how are you seeing the different dynamics with the three very different age groups well i w- I would say that there's not a lot of
0: talk between them about money um oh, yeah <laughs> you know like it's 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 one of those things where I think the two older boys talk a little bit more about it um because um our oldest is now in his just finished his third year of university, and you know he's starting to talk with our sixteen year old to say you know you need to start working and here's why it's because you want to start to build up your, your savings so that when you go to university, you can help the families out um, so that, you know, you're not expecting mom and dad and um, the step parents to, to foot the bill. You need to step up and do it too, which is nice. Like Mm -hmm. it makes it an easier conversation for us to have. And that's one thing that we have done with our oldest is we tried to make sure that he doesn't feel like he's riding on the, the school train on his own like that he's doing it on his own or that we're gonna completely cover everything he needs to like he has learned that he needs to um, step up and he's got himself a part-time job works hard in the summertime like he goes hard in the summer to build up a savings so that when he goes to university he has that and he's openly conversing about that with with his young um, younger brother who will be um, heading off to university in about a year and a
1: year and a bit. So that's been good. That's really amazing. And, and it's like, I love having it, that it's a partnership that yes, you're we're, we're going to help you out and the other side's going to help you out, but you also need to be actively involved in it. Yes. And that was one thing that we talked a lot about and, you know,
0: he actually, we're lucky. We're blessed like, like you are and, um, all of our boys are um, very conscientious and so like the, our 21 year old was like I don't want you to pay for all of it he's like I, I want to help out too and you know because he can see the impact that um, it has on our finances mm-hmm. so th- that's that's helpful and you know he's it's nice to see and also the other thing too is it keeps him invested instead of you know just kind of blowing through the money mm-hmm. um, he's actually paying attention because I like, he's got lots of friends that um, just ended up going to university and like not doing so well because they were so used to everything was just paid for
1: and yeah, they, they had no skin in the game
0: no no and so it's important to have that little bit of skin in the game so that they actually are invested and you realize okay wait a minute here I'm gonna have to really work harder um, to, to make this work and, you know, like most university students, um, the first year is typically a write-off, right? Mm-hmm. Like, your your first year is going to be a write-off. Um, you're not going to, like, because, the, especially when you're away from home, um, and that was a learning a learning curve for us, for sure. And, you know, so now instead of what we thought was going to be a four-year degree, it's turned into a five-year degree. But he's working really hard, at making sure that he can help financially to, to do that, and he's been talking to his brother um, about the, the importance of um, when you do go away to school, how you need to be invested and in what you need to do so that you can prevent yourself from doing what happened
1: to him. Yeah, and okay. well, one, one of the things for, for, for your second son, the one that's still in school, um, I, I don't know if you know this, but I have a lot of my clients, when, when they're teenagers and they start working, they can, can start contributing to their own RESP if their parents haven't maxed it out and for every dollar that they that gets put in they get an automatic 20 percent grant from the government so it's an automatic 20 percent rate of return so a lot of my kids that are like 14 15 16 that are starting to like work and get the summer jobs and stuff they'll set up a, a system with their parents where at least a portion of their income goes into their RESP for when they go to school because like I said it automatically rate of return right off the bat for them.
0: Well, that's really good.
1: Yeah, it's huge. I've got, uh, like I said, quite a few of my my teenage clients doing that because they're going, well, you know what, you've got a year or two before you go to school and anything that you put in, like that adds up very quickly and helps. And then when they take the money out when they're in school because they've got the tuition write-offs and the book write-offs and all the other costs that go along with school, they can pretty much get the money out of their RESP tax-free because it's taxed in their hands, not their parents' hands. So even if they haven't had one like from when they were right little, they can start one now and start taking advantage of that because they're much more motivated when they're close to needing it.
0: (laughs) So... If he's so he's 16 yep. and he'll he'll be going to university when he's um he'll be 17 going on 18 is that something that we should look at getting started for him then oh, we if, should totally be talking okay <laughs> all right that's good well because he really is invested in his future so I mean, he should be yeah and this this should this would be a good time to start talking about that with him. And we do need to talk about that for
1: sure. Yeah, I've I've done that with my nephew and and went through and explained it. He's he's got himself like a good uh, summer job and on the weekends and stuff. And so I get sent money on a fairly regular basis in order to put into his RESP because he wants to be a paleontologist. And that's going to be a big bill. And is he going to be able to save up everything he needs to begin with? No, but it's a good start. And like you said, it's getting him motivated. So it's a really good thing. That's good. It's really good. Yeah. So to finish off here in that, what, if you could pick three things that you really want Simon to get when when he's going off to college university on the subject of money, what are the three things you would really want him to to understand, to feel that you've done your job on that part as a parent? Well, I
0: think the number one thing would be to, like, for him to understand how he can um, actually grow his money, how he can do that at an early stage. Um, also, um, the, the next thing would be the importance of, um, paying the, like not paying minimums on bills, making sure that you pay things in full when you can, um, so that you don't get in that circle. Um, and then the other thing, what would be my third thing I'd like to teach him? Um, just the, like the importance of, um, not burning money through your pockets as soon as it comes in, making sure that you stop and think before you spend.
1: Yeah, that's that that's a big one that a lot of people get because our world is set up for the impulse purchase. <laughs> it, it so is, and it's it's
0: taming that impulse so that they don't um, buy things that are just, that they don't need.
1: Well, yeah, because I'm going. When people do that, they end up with a house full of crap and a wallet full of nothing. <laughs> I like that. That's good. It's true. Well, when I'm when i when I'm teaching, I said every single one of us has has a problem. Some of us have it worse than others. But I said, okay, if I were to go into your house right now. And start looking through your closets and your cupboards and your drawers and your garage, and your shed and stuff. How much stuff have you spent your good, hard-earned money on that you've never used? <laughs> Oof, I don't think I'd want you coming into my closets. No. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody, like, I'm I'm pretty cheap and pretty frugal, but I'm going, yeah, there's a few things that I bought. And I'm going, well, what the heck was I thinking when I did that? And I'm going, yeah, I can think of all this stuff. But I'm going, I worked hard for the money. And why did I do that? So, yes, yeah, so if we can get our kids and ourselves to pay more attention to that. Like I always say, one of the most magical questions you can you can teach yourself and anyone that you care about in the world is, before you spend money on anything whatsoever, ask yourself, do I really want this? Not need, because need makes it all about scarcity, and and then your inner child rebels and does all sorts of stuff, where if you go, do I really want this? Because then you can compare it, okay, well, do I really want this stupid little trinket or do I want to have more money put into my RESP or do I want to have more spending money when we go on vacation next year or whatever it is that they really want? It gives them the power to say yes or no, and then it's their conscious decision rather than an impulsive act. I like that. It's true. I I found that it works quite well. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Brenda. This has been a great conversation. Well, thank you for having me. Enjoy the rest of your day, my dear. I certainly will. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook. At Financial Foundation's Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fun, and Instagram at Financial.Fun.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fun Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfun.ca.